Two Lit Chicks Book Bites with Julia Boggio. Today I'm speaking with Emma Royal about writing real-life historical figures. Now, Emma Royal is actually the pen name for established romance writer Katie Ginger, who also writes as Annabelle French. She has always loved historical fiction and has a master's degree in history. And she's obviously a real writer because at the end of her bio, it says that when she's not writing, she can be found running around after her two children and two dogs along with her husband. Katie, we have a we have a theory on this podcast that you're not a real writer unless you mention your pet situation in your bio. So. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be done, isn't it? Especially because yeah. um, people tend to love the fact that um, our dogs are called uh, Skips and What's It after the crisps um, and skips actually only has three legs so he does oh. skip along as, oh. as it were ah oh, very good so uh, they could even end up in a book one day who knows yes yes they absolutely could i'll have to write them into the next one <laughs> so you actually have three pen names um so tell me a little bit about like the different brands that you have attached to each name so I started writing uh, under my name, Katie Ginger, which and Ginger is my actual proper surname. It's mm. not people think that's the pen name, but that, that is actually <laughs> my surname. Um, and I so I started writing with HQ Digital um, as Katie Ginger, and they mm. were, you know, romances, contemporary romances. They were um, sort of community based um, right, in like okay. small English villages, you know, that real sort of sort of Heidi yeah. Swainish. Yeah. Um, but then I moved to Avon um, and started writing more um, sort of holiday escapist, you know, dreamy European mm. destinations. Um, and we felt that with that sort of change, it wasn't a huge change in direction, but, you know, it is a different sort of subgenre of mm. romance, the kind of holiday destination stuff. So we mm. decided to, to go with Annabelle French. Um, oh, French, like what of, you did there. You exactly. The series, the, yeah, very exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> and, and from a kind of, you know, slightly mercenary perspective, it, it can help with like search engine optimization and stuff like that. So with the mm. Amazon algorithm, algorithms and things, yeah. you can, you know, if you search for French chateau, yes, it yeah. should hopefully bring up my books, which makes yeah. them a bit easier to find. Ah, good thing. Um, and then after the, Queen died I was uh, talking to my agent Kate Nash of the Kate Nash Literary Agency and we were chatting about um because I was sobbing all the way through the funeral I was hmm. just a complete wreck because I'm quite an emotional person anyway like my children were <laughs> laughing at me they were kind of sat there like what is wrong with you mum you didn't actually know the queen um, and but I was I just found it really emotional and I was talking to Kate and we sort of came up with this idea for the Palace Girls books, which is my first foray into historical fiction. And because that is completely different to the romances and the rom-coms, um, we decided that another pen name was was needed because it, it's there's although there are sort of moments of levity and brightness, um, it is very much kind of like a Sunday night drama mm. in a book. Yeah. Um so because it was so very different, we decided to to go with the Emma Royal. Name. And again, another great surname choice. <laughs> I learnt I learned from the Annabelle French thing and I thought I'm gonna do that again. So yeah. but Emma is actually my my middle name. So that one's a okay. little bit sort of truer to me. Um yeah. 
and, so and that's the, how I've ended up with three names. <laughs> for, for the purpose of the podcast, what should I address you as? <laughs> uh, Katie is fine. Katie's, Katie's good. Is okay, fine. Again. <laughs> But no, and then I, I won't get confused. Yeah, no, exactly. I, mean, I think that's always interesting to figure out, yeah, you know, why a, a writer decides to sort of write under different pen names and what the different brands are. I think that's that's a fascinating topic. But anyway, but that's not why we, what we're here to talk about today. We're actually going to talk about history. Um, so you've got a master's degree in history, which uh, must come in very very useful. And so, what's your what sort of your your specialized area of history? So my, um, I did a history degree, uh, bachelor's, um, and I made the biggest mistake of my life and did uh, medieval monasticism. So it was very much, (laughs) yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. Um, and I broadened out very quickly into, uh, more modern history, um, in my, in my bachelor's. And then for my master's, um, it's actually called imperialism and culture, which, Mm. so it's all about how the British empire was perceived at home from Mm. its inception, uh, right up to sort of modern day. Um, so that play, that was a bit more useful, but it, but it really was sort of more focused on sort of Elizabethan times, um, and slavery and, and stuff like that. Uh, so, the skills that I learn in terms of research and uh, finding resources and then examining those resources, those skills have, have really helped in the research for the Palace Girls books, which um, I'm hoping that they give the reader a really good sense of what's happening at the time, what's happening mm. with the royal family. But hopefully they're not so laden with information that it's more of a history book than an actual fiction. I'm hoping I've got the balance right because it is a, it is difficult to to get that balance. So um, I've spent a lot of time looking at the British newspaper archives because mm-hmm. um, they're a fantastic resource. And for the second book, which I'm editing at the moment, I literally like managed to stalk Princess Margaret's movements through the whole of <laughs> 1952 just from the British newspaper archive. Like wow. I can tell you where she was on what day and, and you know, if she was opening a scout hut or a hospital wing or or whatever. It's such an amazing resource. So um, that was a really good one. And I've read a lot of books. You know, it's always good if you can sit down and read a book and claim that it's research yeah (laughs) and it's not it's not just procrastinating it's not just wasting time it's actually research so what would be your top tips for people who want to get into historical fiction or who want to write real life historical characters um for me uh, i found it really hard to give myself permission to make them characters in their Mm. own right because you see it done on the crown, don't you, with the royal family? Yeah. You know, obviously the words that they're speaking are probably, for the most part, not the actual words that the Queen or Prince Philip said. Mm. Um, and I found when I when I was writing the first one, particularly and particularly the first draft, which they're always quite difficult anyway, aren't they? Um, I I found like myself holding back because they were real people, and I didn't want to be disrespectful to these real people but then I had to remind myself that they are actually in this instance they are characters and it is fictionalized and I'm okay I have permission to make them say what I want them to say as I would any other character in a book does that make sense yeah no that does make sense yeah no definitely you have to you have to remember that they've got to fit the plot (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah, exactly. If they're going to be in a scene, then they have to do something to move everything forwards. They can't just be stood around having a having a chat, you know, like any character. And as we all know, every word on every page has to do something. It can't just be there for no reason. So if I've got these characters there, you know, then giving them drama, giving them tension, mm. making them move the plot forwards. Mm. Um means that you have to you have to put words in their mouth that maybe they wouldn't have actually said in real life. Yeah, and I think most people get that line. But I have to say, when I was watching, you know, a show like The Crown, it's hard to remember, oh no, this is fiction, this is fiction, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and obviously because you weave in moments that are actually true. Yes, yeah. Um, and based on historical fact that you have to weave those in seamlessly. Mm. Um and and there's some re- I've come across some really exciting things while I've been I think they're exciting anyway exciting things um as I was researching so for example um in the first palace girls book it's set from November 1951 to um February 1952 mm-hmm. and king george the 6th died in the february and it's sort of against the backdrop of him being poorly um and then dying and queen elizabeth coming to the throne and the the christmas 1951 was the first time that the um monarch's address to the nation the christmas day speech was pre-recorded because king george the sixth was so poorly that he couldn't he couldn't read the whole speech in one go. So they had to record it in little chunks and then edit it together. And it was played on Christmas Day. And that was the first time ever that that had happened. And the Queen's like, hey, I'll, I'll do that. That sounds a good yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll do that in future. Saves me a job on Christmas Day. She can get on the sherry a bit earlier. <laughs> how, how do you decide, decide which time period or which like which event you're going to use as the crux of your book do you do you look through history to find dramatic um moments in time that maybe aren't as well known or like how do you what do you look for so i kind of because kate and i sort of were chatting about this idea immediately after the queen had died Mm. it kind of just seemed right to set the first book as she came to the throne Mm. and then uh, as I was researching I came across I didn't really know very much about um about the monarchs you know everything I knew came from you know Henry VIII and and the really famous medieval Mm. one um so when I started researching and I found out that George VI the Queen's father Queen Elizabeth II's father had had a lung removed in September of 51 Ooh. And he was recovering from that. Um, you know, I, I kind of that just seemed really important. If you if you look at the royal family as a family rather mm. than, you know, monarchs and yeah. royals who live in this fancy palace, you know, as a family to have a father who's been very, very poorly and they don't know if he's, you know, he should be recovering, but isn't recovering quite as quickly as they hoped he would. And then to pass away as he did while while the Queen was in Kenya. She'd literally a couple of days before flown to uh, Kenya with um, the Duke of Edinburgh. Which I and, know from watching The Crown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Crown, honestly, I binge watched like the, the, the Crown for ages while I was oh. the sort of, what can I, you know, what can I use? What's exciting? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And the, and the fact that she wasn't, 
there Mm. um it just seemed right to set the first book there and also millie the main character her story is very much about family her you know her palace family that she has because she's always lived at buckingham palace since she was 10 years old um and then her real family um and it kind of just mirrored very nicely and then for the second book um i switched it to princess margaret as being the focus um, well, we all know she was the uh, exciting one anyway. <laughs> she she was quite naughty. She was quite naughty. And I really liked her because, I, you know, again, if you if you take away the trappings of, um, you know, being a princess and living at Buckingham Palace, you, you've got the dynamics between her and her sister. You know, her sister's now the queen and, you know, Margaret's a bit of a spare wheel. She's doing... She's doing the hospital openings and the boring mm. things and the queens at Buckingham Palace receiving the debutantes. And, you know, how much, you know, how much rivalry did that have? Any jealousy? Um, and then also Princess Margaret and Peter Townsend. Have you, do you know mm. about Peter Townsend? Who was <laughs> Not an- the guy from The Who, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, not him, unfortunately. Although, if that I could have been a great him, story, if I can sneak him into the book, then I might do. Oh. Um, but so, Princess uh, Peter Townsend was um, an equerry to the king, yeah. uh, and then he began work in the Queen Mother's household. But he was um, there was rumours about an, an affair between Princess Margaret and him. He was yeah. married with two children. He was twice her age, mm. um, you know, and it was he was just a, a normal man, you know, it, all that kind of gossip below stairs of are yeah. they having an affair, are they not, and the implications of it because, you know, she would have had to have given up everything yeah. for him if she wanted to marry him. And also he because he was already married yeah. at the time and yeah. he then got divorced. Yeah. She she wasn't allowed Scandal. to marry a divorcee. So, yeah. so she was quite scandalous, Margaret. So yeah, she yeah. had to be um, the focus for the second book, which I'm writing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And do you know what you're going to do for the third one yet? Uh, I, I, if if my publisher's listening, yes, I do. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if they're not, <laughs> I'm not quite mm. sure yet. Um, so the Palace Girls focuses on three characters who all work at Buckingham Palace you've got Millie in the first one Helen who works at the telephone exchange is the focus of the second book and then Caroline who's um, also a cleaner um, is the focus of the third book so I know it's going to be Caroline but I'm really not quite sure what's going to happen yet or exactly who it's going to be mapped against but with the coronation coming up I'm kind of thinking it's got to be Queen Elizabeth yeah and all the stuff that was going on ready for the coronation yeah Um, yeah but yeah, it, it yes. If my publisher's asking, yes, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm putting a synopsis <laughs> together at the moment. Oh man, I know. The, the thing is, you never know when the idea is going to strike. You know, I was I I got back from America um on Friday and I've, I'm jet lagged, and uh, last night I was trying to go to sleep, and then just an idea came to me for a book. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic! I, I know, but but I have too many. <laughs> I don't have the time. I need to. I need to write faster. I don't know. It's, oh well, uh, there's Nano coming up, isn't there? Nano Rimo. I know. In November. I know. Do you do that? Do you do it? I'm gonna do it this time because I've actually got the third Chateau book to write as Annabelle French. Right. Um, I've got a deadline coming up for that, so I'm gonna do Nano and try and get most of the the third Chateau book written. Yeah. If I can. Yeah. 
Are you going to join in? Um, I, I don't think I really can because I'm at the end of a novella right now. And I, I need to get that done because that's going to be put out in February. And then, um, and then I really need to get started on the final book in the, in the trilogy. Um, so I feel like, I feel like I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. Yeah. 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 So maybe you don't maybe need to put more pressure on yourself. When it's God that knows sort of we all situation. have enough, don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do know that I need to start researching to to get the timeline sorted out so that I know what the royals are doing, where yeah. they are, what big things are happening um, around sort of Christmas 1952. Do you draw um, it all out? Do you like make a big sheet of paper with all your timeline bits written on there or...? I'm I'm a terrible plotter. I, I mean, as in, I'm like obsessive about it. So I I have literally, and I'm and it's a spreadsheet, and I literally mm. map on an entire timeline over the months of wow. where they are and what they're doing, and then I can kind of fit the story around where they are. Yeah. So, so I can fit the character story around what's happening with the royal family, but that's the royal family is kind of my framework to begin with. Because otherwise, you know, I don't, I don't, I just know that if I, you know, I had the royal family doing something, somebody yeah. would say, well, actually, on that date, they were in America or they were, you know, somewhere else entirely. <laughs> I think you'll find the royal family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh. So I, I, I try, although I'm making stuff up, I do try and make sure it's, um, as true it's pinned to fact to, as I can. to history. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting it, pinned to history, definitely. So um, are there any historical um, authors that you're particularly fond of who you think do it really well? I love Wendy Holden. I, I, I've always loved Wendy Holden mm -hmm. since she wrote, you know, romances back in the 90s and, and 2000s. Um, and she has now branched out into um, historical fiction and she's written some amazing books. She wrote a book called The Governess, which mm -hmm. was all about um, Marion Crawford, who was the governess to Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret when they were were very little mm -hmm. um, and that was a fantastic book. So I love Wendy Holden. Um, not a royal book exactly, but written of uh, the Duchess of York's book, Her Heart oh, yeah. for a Compass. Oh, yeah. That's a fantastic book um, written with Marguerite Kay. Yep, um, yep we had them on the podcast. There's, <laughs> there's just so many yeah. amazing writers, particularly I'm in the Romantic Novelist Association. And yeah, yeah. As you are as well, yeah. Julia, aren't you? And we just have so many amazing authors. Um, I know that... it really is like a cornucopia of, <laughs> of fantastic authors. It's a it's a great organization to belong to. Yeah, some of my friends write um, for Mills and Boone Historical, and I and I love their books um, because you just they just get you in the setting immediately. That's one of the great things I think, particularly about Mills and Boone, is is you're in there straight away. There's no pages and pages of description slowing everything down. They get you in there straight away. So yeah, I, Duchess of York and Marguerite Kay and uh, Wendy Holden would definitely be. There's a couple who write nonfiction um, who I really like, um, but yeah, they're more sort of biographies and stuff like that. I mean, I think I think that's what we were saying about getting into the story right away. I think that that's true of romance in general. You know, as a as a genre, you know, I think that 
we there's pressure like on the first page set everything up you know and i think that other genres could learn from that <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i've read some some books which you know they're bestsellers they're big names mm. and and you know and they get in all the press coverage and stuff but sometimes it is like oh this is a bit come on can we get yeah. going now you know yeah. i've had you know a full, a full chapter of set up I just want to mm. get into the story now yeah. so it's amazing like you say romance I think we do a lot of things really really well yay romance <laughs> I'm always I'm always cheering for romance while I'm here I was in uh, America um what as I said last week and I f went into a bookstore and there were 12 bays of romance novels in a <gasps> section that's amazing I know I know it was like uh, like for, at first I thought it was just like four bays and I was like my daughter was with me and she's like mom why are you crying and I'm like it's a romance <laughs> section they have a romance section and then I go around the corner and there's another eight bays and I'm just like oh my god it's like <laughs> oh god hopefully hopefully our British you know bookshops will catch up with that and do the well, same I know I know I mean I did a I did a Instagram video about it you know, with whole, a whole bunch of facts about romance. It's like a $1.44 billion industry. And, and uh, it would be great if the UK bookstores could figure that out. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. I hope that our listeners have learned something about writing historical fiction. And, uh, and you've got another one coming out in April, don't you? In your Chateau series, is that correct? I do, yep. So the third Chateau book, the one that I'm going to be writing in <laughs> Nano, hopefully, uh, comes out oh, in good. April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get on that. <laughs> yeah, and if that publisher's listening as well, I'm on it. Don't worry. You're it's on it, fine. you're on it. It's, it's half written already. It's half yeah. written. <laughs> um, so that one comes out in April. Yeah. Then I've got the second Palace Girls book coming out in August of next mm. year. Um, and then the third Palace Girls book is August 2025. So oh. I've got a few things lined up, but so I do need to busy. get them all written. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only isn't problem. That, isn't that annoying that you, you have to actually write the books, you know? You it's know, like, yeah. You just like wave your magic wand and voila, there's a book. <laughs> I can't, I can't, lit, I can't keep just sitting down and reading stuff and pretending that I'm researching and. No, exactly. <laughs> I've actually got to get some words on the page. Ah, <laughs> oh, the joys of being a writer. Anyway. Uh, so thank you, uh, well, Katie, Emma, Annabelle, whatever, whatever <laughs> you want to call yourself. Uh, and listeners, come join us again on Friday because uh, Katie's going to be doing a quiz for us. Do you want to give us a taste? What, what's the quiz going to be about? It is about historical figures in literature. Fantastic. I can't wait. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Two Lit Chicks is a podcast about the books we love and the writers who write them. And literary quizzes. Let's not forget those. Find all our episodes on our website, juliabogio.com slash twolitchicks. Mm -hmm.